everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Comic Source Podcast. I'm your host, Jace. Real treat for you today. Uh, some friends joining me. It's been a very, very long time since they've been on the show. Uh, it's my pleasure to welcome back the Hex Girls. Thanks for joining Hello. me, ladies. Hi. Thanks for having us, Jace. It's so good to see you again. Yeah, it's always good to see you guys. Uh, we share this joy and love of comics. Uh, you guys have taken it to the next level, create, creating your own comics. And I think it was... I want to say we always have trouble when we, you come on and we try to remember 2015. <laughs> when did you guys get nominated for the diverse Dwayne Duff, uh, McDuffie diversity? 2015. 20, 20, yeah. 2015 with that nomination. Yeah. Long, yeah. Long Beach so yeah. yeah, it's crazy to think seven, uh, seven years ago. So yeah. uh, for any listeners who are, are new, they haven't listened to you guys on before, not familiar with Hex 11. Why don't we go around and, and everybody can kind of give a quick introduction and then we'll do an elevator pitch. And then I, I have some questions that are really interesting because we're certainly living in interesting times. No and doubt. based on like the themes of Hex 11, you guys were like tapping into your crystal ball in, <laughs> in a lot of ways. So, uh, but let's let everybody oh, do a quick intro. We'll start with you, Lisa. Um, hello, Jace and everyone listening. Um, I'm Lisa K. Weber. I am the artist and co-creator of Hex 11. Great. And Kelly Sue? Oh, Uh-oh. Dude, she froze. Just okay. perfect timing. <laughs> I am Kelly Sumolano. Oh, I. Oh, no. Oh, no. Did we lose her? Oh, there you are. You're back. Go ahead. I'm back. <laughs> I, of course. Always when it's time for me to talk. <laughs> um, okay. I'll go again. <laughs> Hi, it's Kelly Sumolano. Not frozen this time. I am the writer and co-creator of X11. <laughs> And Lindley? I'm Lindley. Lindley Forrest. Uh, I am the editor of Hex 11, and I am the um, biz, the runner of the business of Hex Comics. Which is, <laughs> you know, which is, which is so much more, which has become so much more than just the, the book and the story in the world that you all have created. So I do want to get into the elevator pitch and then talk about some of the themes. But before we do that, uh, not to be too commercial about it, but Lily, you have been instrumental in creating like all, all this merchandise and, you know, involving the community with the dragon kitties and, you know, the cool tattoos and the no, apparel and, and all that kind of stuff. So talk to us a little bit about the website, some of the things that are available and, and how that community has kind of embraced what you guys have done on that side of things. Uh, you bet. Well, I, you know, I can't take too much credit for it because Lisa is obviously the incredible designer and artist behind all of the amazing Hex 11 merch that um, we, you know, offer on our website. You can always go to hexcomics.com and find the coolest stuff. Um, and we continue to make and create new things, which is great. Um, I love to wear our stuff out and have people be like, well, what is that? And then go, well, it's stuff we make. Why don't you go check out hexcomics.com and get yourself some? It's awesome. Um, we've got, a, you know, things, we've got t-shirts, we've got cool stickers, we've got um, hats and little beanies, we've got leggings. <laughs> and we've benefited from the get-go. You know, we didn't, we started this whole thing with very little capital. I mean, we're talking like four dollars or whatever um but we have definitely leveraged all of the kind of both crowdsourcing tools to um facilitate the actual 
creating of the books and the volumes, but we also use a ton of tools through like the Shopify platform that allow us to create all this uh, cool merch and content on demand. So we don't ever have to deal with, you know, inventory or knowing how much to buy or ending up with too much stuff. We've been able to really leverage those tools to our benefit, which has been great. And it makes us look like we're a lot larger um, concern than in reality. It's just three of us over here working real hard. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. I mean, it's a lot for, for just three people. Now, I know during the pandemic, a lot of people, you know, maybe they're not traveling, maybe they're not going out to eat as much. Uh, maybe they're not even spending money on gas to get back and forth to the office. So I know a lot of comic creators have have seen kind of a surge in in uh, in buying. Have you guys benefited from that at all? Have you have you over 2020 and 2021? Have you seen an increase in sales at all? Um, I think so, especially I think in just most recently, um, we've had like a run. We obviously issue 15 just came out and it's been long awaited. So um I think that kind of busted the dam open a bit because everyone was kind of waiting for the moment. And then when that happened and now we've gotten a ton of orders for merch and for prints, Lisa also made some really incredible new prints. She, we, we've been, we had traditionally kind of been keeping things just within the realm of the hex, but with all of this COVID and sitting at home and watching TV and Lisa got inspired. And um, so for the first time she did some fan art and there's been a huge response to that. People have really loved it. And then yeah, we I always, um, I always, I don't know. For a long time, I felt like maybe a little embarrassed about doing fan art. Like, um, I don't know. And then like, I don't know, COVID times came and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to embrace this. What do I have to be embarrassed about anyway? I love the stuff. I'm going to spend time. I'm going to spend more time with it by just drawing it and celebrating it that way. Um, And it's been it's been personally rewarding to do. <laughs> and I really, really, I love the response that it's been getting as well. So, oh my gosh. And we do more. We brought, sure. uh, we brought some of this fan art, some of the fan art prints to uh, LA Comic-Con, which was our first show back. And man, were people excited about it. They sure yeah. were. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> and people have been asking for years, yeah. like, oh, will you do with this? Will you do with that? And we were like, I don't really know about doing that. We're kind of know, just like over felt, here. Yeah, it felt awkward for some reason. And then it was and then I don't like I said, I don't know why I felt awkward doing it, but I'm so glad that I have. I, I'm glad that I dived in because yeah. it's it's awesome. Everybody had this yeah. figured out way before I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think also, I mean, to your credit, when you're creating your own property and you're investing so in, you know, the spread and dissemination of all this new art, it's nice not to muddle the waters. It's like, we want to create iconic, not just create other pe- versions of other people's iconic, you know, so, yeah. like there's nothing wrong with that. We had to take a couple of years and like, make sure we were established and you were established in your own art, oh, yeah. your own art style. So yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's oh, a good yeah. point. And the other thing is, you know, maybe you do it selectively once in a while and then it doesn't, you know, it still remains special as opposed yeah, to, exactly. you know, it's not exactly. a thing. Exactly. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about the book and then we'll tie I, uh, Kelly Sue mentioned LA Comic-Con. We'll talk uh, about any conventions you guys have uh, coming up as well. But uh, Kelly Sue, for those that aren't familiar, uh, Hex 11, the the world of of Hex 11, give us kind of the elevator pitch. Somebody comes up to your table at LA Comic-Con. Hey, what's this all about? What's your, I know you must have it down uh, pat by now. Well, of course, our elevator pitch is it's Harry Potter meets Blade Runner. (laughs) You toss that out at any convention and people are going to be like, I'm in. (laughs) <laughs> um, but the, the actual pitch for the book is 
is basically um, we're in a world where magic has been discovered as a new technology. Um, we can now download. See, it's every time she talks. Wow. Oh, it's a bummer. You know, yeah. Um, and it sort of, sort of um, okay, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Where are we now? You had just, we did get the elevator pitch. Oh, the elevator pitch. That's right. Okay. We got elevator the Harry pitch. Potter. Yeah. We got Harry Blade Potter. Blade Blade 11. After we say it's Harry Potter meets Blade Runner. Okay. So in the world of Hex 11, magic has been discovered as a new technology that works better than the internet. And with this technology, we are able to download magical abilities to ourselves the way that we would download apps to our phone. It's created a bit of a class war because there are naturally magical people in this world. And so they've kind of been shoved out of society and they're living in this sort of borough called the Hex which is where our hero is. She is a young witch in training named Eleanor. She's studying under a master oracle named Vera. And she's really angry about having to do all these menial tasks all the time. And she's wanting to get out there and fight for the good. Uh, and so she's sent on one of these boring errands one day. She comes across a magical firefight between a demon mercenary and a black market magic dealer. And she's like, well, here's my chance. <laughs> Time to shine. She jumps in there and um, she gets way in over her head and um, she begins to uncover this larger conspiracy, which is what launches us into the entire story of X-11. So while that's not so much an elevator pitch, that is what our book is about. <laughs> yeah, and like I was saying earlier, so prescient in a way. With you know oh, yeah. Omega Corp and Perian kind of having these fascist tendencies, and I certainly mm -hmm. didn't think when I met you guys in 2015 that the world would somehow come in a lot of ways to mirror some of these ideas that you initially had, oh, yeah. Lisa. Mm -hmm. How I mean, you must be aware of it. Has I mean, how do you, how do you what's your reaction to that? Like how it must be kind of bittersweet in a lot of ways. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, you know, in it's, you know, I I've said before, like as, as, as I was kind of developing the world of the hex before the three of us got together to make it like real. Um, I was, you know, I was using form all forms of inspiration, including, you know, history and, um, current events um to kind of like build out the details of how the world worked and um yeah I didn't predict how dark this timeline would become um <laughs> and you could have uh, really I mean yeah, you know. yeah it's, but at the same time it's like I don't know in hindsight it's like how could we not predict it there were like we had there were all these signals that this was happening that we didn't pay attention to and mm -hmm. um so it's I think it's just kind of one of those things like you tap into you tap into the reality of the world around you yeah. and it's kind of hard to not just you know, through osmosis, maybe without even mm -hmm. consciously realizing you're doing it, pick up on the stuff 
and like be able to express something about it to just know that it's like to because to tell a story to try to connect to people is you know it's you have to you have to connect to the you know yeah the magic yeah (laughs) and I think that all of the truths are in there um whether you realize you're doing it or not and so it's kind of yeah bittersweet is a perfect way of putting it Mm yeah yeah well I think I think that's what makes the hex 11 community so such a great community because you know maybe we all on some unconscious level saw this coming but the people that hex 11 at least it's been my experience the people that hex 11 resonate the story of hex 11 and the world of hex 11 resonates with the best are the people that really have the same values and want to see the same kind of freedom of inclusivity and gender and you know all those kind of things that mm-hmm. that are inalienable inherent rights in in who we are as people mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to the other side, I mean, I hope nobody's picking up Hex 11, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, somebody's picking up Hex 11 because they're rooting for the Omega Corp, you know, (laughs) like, who does that? They'd be pretty hard pressed (laughs) to find that route. Yeah. We don't make that too easy. Walk away from the book being like, man, these Omega guys, talk about an underdog. (laughs) (laughs) You know, probably not. And if so... That's some interesting thought process you have there. (laughs) Exactly. That's on you, my friend. Exactly. Uh, But let me ask you this, Kelly Sue, uh, with Mm -hmm. the the world sort of turning darker, has it been more of a challenge? Have you you guys felt like you needed to push the envelope at all on the story? Like uh, all of a sudden these ideas we had that felt really evil, all of a sudden don't seem so evil in context of what's going on in the real world, unfortunately. Well, it's definitely, it's really... um, it's a surreal experience to be creating a book that is, you know, I don't know that we would necessarily call X11 dystopian, but there are elements of that. And to be creating a somewhat dystopian world amidst an actual dystopia, (laughs) it's pretty weird. Um, But I will say that, you know, the beauty of it is that we get to, we get to sort of create the timeline that we want to see. Um, I was just recently, you know, there's a, there's a huge, um, at least at the time that we're recording this, there was a big to do about a book that's been banned um, in Tennessee, a graphic novel called Mouse. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, well, I've had a lot of conversations with friends of mine who grew up reading books that are way worse. <laughs> I don't know. Um, And that are not rooted in historical fact, right? And what we've walked away from reading things like Stephen King and B.C. Andrews and and all of these books when we were growing up is that, you know, darkness exists whether we like it or not. Mm -hmm. And that what these types of stories can show us is that we find the light by choosing it within ourselves moment to moment, And I think that's what Hex 11 has always been about, even before the times that we're living in now, which is about, you know, recognizing your own magic, whether you're naturally magical or not, and using it for good. Um, You know, I don't want to give away anything that is happening in the most recent issue, but there's a big thread of this where you feel like you're powerless 
and you really can step into a space where you can empower yourself by choosing the best thing that mm-hmm. you know, is available to you at that time. And I think that's something that we're all experiencing right now in our own lives. Mm-hmm. So to have a Hex 11 kind of take on a life of its own in the world that we're living in today, I mean, it's kind of, it's what you dream about as an artist, I think, you know. Um, and it's that taking the, yeah. what's it, taking the hard right instead of the easy wrong. Exactly. You know, whatever, like, mm-hmm. it's. Yeah. It's well, just knowing that it's a battle you have to take every day. It's yeah. a battle that you that can you confront all the time and saying, am I going to yeah. lay down to these, you know, t- to these challenges or am I going to decide that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to live to fight another day and get yeah, out there well, and get at it. Yeah. It's a good point because, you know, what you're talking about, because you about darkness existing, it's not just the darkness that exists mm-hmm. in the world, because obviously there's, yeah. there's good things in the world and there's bad things in the world. Of course. But within each of us, there's also like, like you were saying, Lindley, you know, to making the choice, each of us personally, to mm-hmm. listen to our better angels, mm-hmm. rather than choose that maybe the easy thing that's not the right thing. But from your perspective, as as the editor, you're a little, maybe a little further away from the story, you know, in terms of as it's being developed for, from, uh, as opposed to Kelly Sue and, um, and uh, uh, Lisa, mm-hmm. when they're, you know, actually in, in the midst of it. And sometimes you get so close, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees. Sure. So do you ever find that you, that you have to go back and say, okay, we, we need to make sure the characters are, are finding that balance. Cause, cause that's the thing, especially when we, I mean, it, it's true of all the characters in hex 11, they are very complex and that's kind of what makes it so, so relatable, mm-hmm. you know, but, but especially when you start talking about L, you know, with her in the, in the first couple of arcs, you know, when she goes to the verge and whatnot, like we find there's a lot more darkness in her than even she realized. You know, well, isn't you know, that the I mean, truth for all of us? You know, like, <laughs> unfortunately, probably so. <laughs> you find when you're poked, you know, like what comes out, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. if you're really if you know, if, if you're really um, challenged. Mm-hmm. What are you going to what are you going to meet it with? You know, and that's I don't think on a kind of a fundamental level, that's kind of the it's the good versus evil. It's the classic, it's the Bible. It's, it's the whole, it's everything. It's all stories. It's all of the, it's what we get up with every day. Why are we civilized? Why don't I walk out of here and just run my car over every person I see, you know, that's a choice I could make, but it's not a choice that I make because it's not the world I want to live in. It's not the person I want to be. It's not the legacy I want to leave, you know? So we, we have to get, we don't, I think, well, oftentimes we're not always so conscious of it, but I think within these, these strange times we're in now, we're being confronted with so much of that, looking at each other and looking at ourselves and going, what do I do now? What do I do when I'm in this really difficult situation? I have kids. There's this mask mandate. I've got angry parents at school. I'm being confronted by all of this polarization. Who am I? What do I believe in? How do I, how do I act? And it's really interesting to see how, but the choices people make. And then, and in this, I think in Hex 11, it, because there's so much diversity in the cast of characters we have here and also in where they come from and what they're about, you know, we've got humans, we've got demons, there's a whole set of opportunity there. Um, And it's interesting to see who makes what choice and why. 
And that we also come to understand, which is something I've always valued so much about Lisa's concept and Kelly's writing is that these, um, these characters get an opportunity to kind of express themselves. And so we can see ourselves in all of these characters, you know? So when you read the book, you're like, I identify, you know, maybe with lots of them, maybe with just one of them, but we can see ourselves in these characters. And I think that's what makes a great story. And then that is what changes us as readers. We can be influenced in this really profound way. And that's, that says a lot and that we, the feedback we get from people, you know, it's profound and it's, you know, we're incredibly grateful for that. And I'm incredibly grateful that we have been able to make something that mattered to others and that mattered to us. It was important to us when we were like, when we develop every character, as we develop every character from the beginning and any new character that comes along, it's really important whether they fall on the spectrum of good to not good (laughs) that, um, that there's no the villains aren't all inherently evil and the good guys aren't all inherently heroic all the time because that's Mm -hmm. the truth that's what people are that's what we are and I mean I have many days where I am not my best self um (laughs) and we all because you know stuff's coming at me and I just boom you know react and so that's why it's like that's why it's it's important to show that Eleanor is is complicated in this way that she's she as much as she's like I'm a good guy and I'm I'm just perfect it's like no no you're not no you're not not. (laughs) well I think uh one thing that speaks to that having just reread the whole thing I I still don't know that I have a favorite character like it changes from scene to scene almost like I, awesome. I'll read one character scene and they're, you know, they're getting the spotlight. And I'm like, yeah, they're my favorite. And then the next one comes along. And I'm like, no, I like them better. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's so, it's so funny. Is, is there, but I, I am curious, is there a consensus in the community? Is there one character that's more beloved than the others? Faye gets a ton of attention. Yeah. But I think it's oh, just okay. because she's so bad. I think you know. yeah, mm-hmm. she's she's bombastic. So mm-hmm. exactly, I think that's what happens with her. But I I have not seen any consensus at all. Mm-hmm. Like we have so many people that just they love this character or that character, and there's no consistency. I haven't seen it weighted at no. all. That's, Me neither. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. So I'm yeah. not, I'm not I'm not alone necessarily. Well, here's another <laughs> thing. So. That, here's here's another thing that I think will be be fun. I don't know if you guys have ever talked about this or, or wondered, but as I was, you know, re- rereading everything and, and we know that so many great stories get translated into other media. Have you ever like had people in mind, if this were ever to go to another medium for any, like anybody have a real strong opinion? Like if, if this ever is on Netflix, for example, Elle's got to be played by this person or Vera's got to be played by that person. Oh man. Have you ever thought about it? Anybody I mean, we've definitely sort of like, like we've like, had fun conversations about who we would want to have. Um, I think it more it becomes more of like who our inspiration was for these characters exactly. than it is who we would want to see play them. Um, yeah, it's funny because Kelly Sue keeps like. It's happened a couple of times now where she starts watching something that I've seen before and she's like, wait a minute. 
is this character Booth? Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, this oh yeah, just actually, happened. it's true. It this just, just happened. happened. I was Kelly just Susan so I'm watching Justified. So yeah. late to the party on Justified. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, I am in love with Boyd Crowder. As and was so I. <laughs> I texted Lisa and I'm like, wait, is Boyd Crowder Booth? Lisa oh my god like, i never oh, realized but man. yeah he totally is and well yeah and i was like and i i was like boyd crowder was actually like one of my main inspirations when we were developing booths so yeah and it happens all like it's not the first time it's happened that kelly sue has been like wait a minute <laughs> yeah, i recognize this person so it's like if we had the people who were the inspirations for some of these characters actually play them i mean can you imagine? Yeah. I mean, if we had Walton Goggins come in to do Boo, do Booth, yeah, Netflix, that'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. That would be. That would be. That would really be super cool. cool. Well, yeah. and the other thing uh, this speaks to something you were talking about, Lindley, with the diversity of the characters. You know, that's the other thing that would be great. It's just it'd be such a diverse cast because mm-hmm. this really, you know, you talk Marvel Comics talks about oh, it's the world outside your window. Not really. They're still all you know mostly male, white, heterosexual superheroes. Yeah. Uh, your guys' cast is is really much more diverse. And that that speaks to what we were saying earlier about being nominated for the Dwayne McDuffie Diversity Award way back in, mm. in 2015. So really from the start, right, Lisa, yeah. this was something that, I, and I never felt like you were doing it so you could say, hey, look what we're doing. We, we're diverse. You just, it felt so Absolutely. organic right from the start, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's... Um... No, yeah, I I want diversity to just be like mm-hmm. um so that we don't even have to default. talk about it anymore in a way. Yeah. Yeah, well, like all diversity in all things. What's the I don't I I'm going to lose some nerd creds cuz I can't remember the Vulcan maxim about diversity, but um <laughs> Oh, Lisa. How dare I'll lose you? some of them because I have I still I still keep some of the creds because I know there is a Vulcan. <laughs> yes. Thing about there you go. You're way ahead of but, me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like but that that's that's what I'm it's what I'm going for here is like there we don't need to we don't need to be precious about it. Like we just, mm-hmm. it just needs to be there. There just needs to be a rainbow coalition mm-hmm. in all stories yeah. because we are all humans yes. yep. and there's no reason that, that any story we're telling, um, there's no reason for people not to be able to see themselves in it. So, exactly. yeah. It, and I say this to people all the time. It's like, you know, we, we are much more alike than different, you know, even if you want mm-hmm. to talk about on a genetic level, we're like somebody has darker skin than me, you know, African-American roots, 99.99999, like far, far, far decimal places. Seriously. We are the same. So yeah. let's yeah. focus. How about we focus on that vast majority of what we have in common instead of the, you know, infinitesimal percentage amount that we're different. Yeah. What difference exactly. does it make? Exactly. You know? And how really insidious it is when people in power turn those things, those turn us against each other to divide so that they can then take advantage of those resources, which is ultimately, that is the life we're living right now. And it is, you know, what is going on in the hex as well with Perian Mm -hmm. and them using their, you know, superior Mm -hmm. access to things, you know, resources, what have you, media um, Mm -hmm. to distort 
and to turn people against one another when or to make, you know, make it us and them when that is not at all what's going on here. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a great it's a great example. They'd rather have us fighting amongst ourselves mm-hmm. than, mm-hmm. you know, realizing that what they're what they're doing, you know, yeah. and that's exactly well, I also what the think Omega that is doing. Yeah. The mark of good stories are stories where, you know, you aren't striving to make a statement or make the diversity be some kind of event in your story, but also to tell the story that is about our similarities, because often it's the similarities that are the most antagonizing to folks, you know, the ways that I've actually like this person that I've been conditioned to think is so much more different than me and we would never meet on, you know, neutral ground in any way. Um, And, you know, not to say that this is something that we're expressly doing with Hex 11. If that happens, that's amazing, right? Yeah. Um, But I think that's what you can strive for is like, you know, look at how silly this ends up being when we're actually seeing, oh, we want the same things and we value the same things. And yeah, we're and just I, all stuck in this headache. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. as, yeah. As we're all stuck inside. But, but yeah. one of the things that is true, you know, is, as we've said, the world's become a little darker, you know, over the past, certainly since, you know, we've become acquainted in the last seven years. Uh, mm-hmm. But in, in talking about diversity, there have been improvements. I mean, I think, it, at least from my perspective, and granted, mine is limited as a heterosexual white male. It, it does, but it does seem like the conversations, maybe all the improvements aren't there, but the conversations more out in the open. Would, would you agree with that, Lisa? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, there's, there's no, um, there's no putting it back now, right. you know, like people will sometimes be like, oh, diversity is such a buzzword, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. That's, that's, I don't see that as a bad thing. (laughs) It's like, I think that it should absolutely be part of the conversation and it, it has meaning whether you try and dismiss it as a buzzword or not. It, the fact that it has entered our consciousness the way that it has means that, that we are, we are conscious of it now and it's working. I, I say good. Yes. I don't watch much like commercial television. But when I have like been out, like say in a restaurant or somewhere where the commercials come on, I am so thrilled at the diversity in commercial. Like it's happened finally. It's right. finally mm-hmm. happened. It's not just a bunch of white dudes on lawnmowers or <laughs> white moms in grocery stores. It's like everybody and everything. You've got mixed race couples. We've got, yeah, you man. know, whole families of, you know, people from that are not just, you know, euro it's like this is awesome (laughs) and it's such a relief like i don't think i thought that was ever going to happen and the fact Mm -hmm. and it's out it's like it's never we're not going back we're never going back to the way it was before and it Mm -hmm. just like warms my soul to be like finally everyone gets to see themselves in these stupid commercials i can't stand (laughs) (laughs) but at least they get the option you know yeah yeah, that, and I think for the people that complain about it, what I say, mm. you know, is they're like, really, it has to be every commercial. I'm like, well, the pendulum's got to swing. It was way over to the right. It's got yeah. to move to the left. It'll settle in the middle eventually. Yeah. But but the other thing that's great about that, it's not just in, in you know, commercials, but also primetime shows and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. My yeah. daughter is never going to know any different. And I, and right. I love that. 
Yeah, me too. To her, that's going to be normal. Well, that's just normal. And from our generation, that w- that wasn't how it was. Mm-mm. It was Mm-mm. all white people in in you know, and not just white people, but white people that were a hell of a lot better looking than me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and so skinny. Yes, everybody's so skinny. Yeah, all, all the time. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, I do have to ask again. We don't want to spoil anything, but I do have to ask because issue fifteen just came out, as you said. Uh, and you, I, I, I'm assuming it was you, Lisa, but maybe Kelly Sue, but I'm going to, my guess is it's Lisa. You got to do something. I think that maybe you always wanted to put in a story, which was this cool, you know, oceans 11 type, Hey, we're going to have a heist. Let's all break it down. Here's all the people and their roles. Here's all the steps. It was fantastic. Was that like um, a bucket yeah, list? When, so like when we started just kind of like brainstorming volume three and kind of looking where we looking at where we were at the end of volume two and kind Mm -hmm. of like extrapolating like what would come next um I can't remember exactly what it was I mean I've always loved the heist genre it's one Mm -hmm. of my favorite genres of movies so I I think it it was kind of like a fantasy fulfillment to be like because I knew I wanted to bring Eris back and I wanted to like feature Eris in volume three. Yeah. And um, well, she's kind of like after, you know, volume two, she's kind of like this, this crime boss. Mm-hmm. And oh, I yeah. was like, well, let's do a heist. <laughs> <laughs> what else are you gonna do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then it was just about kind of like uh, Kelly Sue and I both just kind of like did a whole bunch of research, watched a whole bunch of heist movies to kind of like break down the formula. And um, I think 15, I mean, I had a ton of fun with it. I think oh my gosh. Kelly Sue did too. <laughs> it's so much fun. I remember Lisa saying, how would you like to write a caper? And I was like, I mean, I've only waited my whole life. <laughs> but then what was funny is you start to apply this and you're like, oh, this isn't easy. No, no not it's all. not. No, it's Make not. it good. No, what we ended up doing, one thing we ended up doing to kind of get our creative juices flowing is a very dear friend of mine um, has been a D&D DM for years. And so we passed the particulars off to him and we did a day at the old Hex house where we played a good old fashioned game of D&D with Hex characters and in this sort of landscape that we were wanting to create the story from. And a ton of what came out of that game has ended up in this volume, which was really cool. Wow, that's a fantastic way to get inspiration. And and so high capers, that's one of my favorite genres. And I feel like the reason we don't have more of it is because it is so not only so hard to develop and make realistic and believable, but also mm-hmm. hard not to steal stuff that's come before because it does feel kind of limited in a way. Like there's only so many ways you can, you know, really trick true. out. An Which is why we don't like, like to say steal. We like to say paying homage. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Sounds so much classier. Yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's it's absolutely fantastic issue 15. And I think this is a good time uh, for all you listeners out there to let you know that I do have some copies of 15 to give away. Uh, So uh, there's a couple things you need to do in order to to I've got three copies of of issue 15, which I will ship to you. I'll handle the shipping. What you need to do is uh, make sure you're following the comic source on Twitter. DM me uh, a picture of your receipt that shows that you bought Hex 11 volume one. 
and also uh, a screenshot that you have followed Hex Eleven on Twitter. It's is it at it's Hex Comics. H E X Hex Comics. At Hex Comics. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I'll put a link in the show notes uh, to, to their Twitter account as well. So, so two things: show me your receipt for Volume One. Show me that you followed Hex Comics on Twitter, and I will happily send you uh, an issue, an issue fifteen. So uh, you can go to hexcomics.com, like Lindley said before, to check it out. And we'll again, all this information will be in the show notes, and uh, and we'll talk about it again uh, at the end. Uh, but yeah, I thought issue fifteen was uh, was fantastic, and there was a bit of a break between uh, fourteen and fifteen. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure. You know, as, as we all were struggling with the, the pandemic, must have been great to have uh, a new issue out in the world again. Kelly Sue, what, what yeah. were your thoughts? Like, how was it received? Oh, man, it was so exciting. I mean, I think that every company, every artist, every person everywhere took a giant break. Um, and that was true for us as well. <clears throat> you know, lots of life happened in between 14 and 15. So to be bringing the story back kind of feels like it sort of for me felt like the first step back into like, oh, we're getting back to our lives now. Mm. We're kind of picking up where we left off. So it felt so good to have a new issue come out. And the the community that we've talked about, Lisa, so much, uh, I'm sure they were there supporting you guys. Uh, so mm-hmm. you recently did LA Comic-Con and I, I I ran into at least two of you there. Uh, I'm sorry, I missed you, <laughs> Lindley. It would have been great to, to see you in person. Oh, my hands were full, man. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but but how was that convention for you, Lisa? Did you have a lot of uh, returning? Was it more re- returning uh, members of the community? Was it new people? Was it a mix? It was a healthy mix. Um, it. I was so excited to do a convention again. Like, obviously, before... COVID, I had no idea how much I would miss conventions. Um, And like, wow, (laughs) I was so looking forward to it. And it delivered like I was just so happy to be there. Um, So happy to see all of our returning friends. Um, And so excited to like, you know, there were a whole bunch of new people who, you know, got who joined the hex at that show it was an excellent show mm-hmm. and um just really really good feelings being back and like because it's it's just so inspiring when you can like you know you're talking about the community it's so inspiring it it's I think that's that's a part that's I mean there were many reasons why there was a delay between 14 and 15 um but I think a part of it is that there weren't shows that were kind they they end up being kind of like a driving motivator mm-hmm. to like keep doing the work because you have people waiting and you know people are going to be showing up at this show wanting this next issue and you want to deliver it to them oh yeah so um so yeah for all of these reasons and so many more it was a great show. So glad to be back to mm-hmm. some semblance of interacting with humans yeah. again. <laughs> well, it, it, it's a good point, right? Because so much of, of creating comics and creating story, creating fiction is such a solitary, you know, you're in your house, you're sitting at, exactly. you don't really get that, that feedback. You know, I kind of liken it to, you know, the fact that I, I absolutely loved cooking before I was a professional chef because I loved doing it for my family and sharing it with them and seeing their reaction. And then I was in a commercial kitchen and you send the food out. You don't get to see people enjoying it. You know, mm-hmm. you're not necessarily inspired yeah. to, to continue. 
But and that's yeah. at the shows, the conventions where you guys get to interact with people who've read it, who come up excited. Hey, when's the next yeah. one coming out? That's how you recharge yeah. your batteries, right, Kelly C? Oh my gosh, 100%. And it was really interesting to see, you know, we've, as we've said many times before, this is a homegrown effort. So when we go to shows and we pass off books and we print them and all these things, we're doing all of that, just us. So we weren't really putting a ton of time into a internet presence, you know? Mm -hmm. The followers that we have on Instagram or Twitter are people that we know from shows mostly, right? Mm -hmm. They're people who have picked up the book on Comixology and just decided to follow us. You know, we don't have a PR team. We don't have a marketing budget necessarily. So with the absence of those shows, it was a real bummer to not be able to connect with all of the people and to... um, have the the feedback that we normally get for what we do and I know this is something that is not unique to us every indie creator experiences this Mm -hmm. right but to be back at the show and we um the first day we were there we had this young girl come up to our booth and she's you know in her cosplay um and she saw us and was like oh my gosh I can't believe it's you and you told me to go to art school and I did. And I love you so much. And wow. she was like emotional. You know, we had another fan who we had met years ago who we had encouraged to go to art school and he brought us his comic that yeah. he ended up making. And it's those types of things that are, it's the fuel to mm-hmm. indie creators and to not have that for so long was very difficult, but it made the comeback that much sweeter. I'll put Kelly Still not still not easy out there, right? I mean, there's there's still yeah. a pandemic and health concerns mm. and whatnot. So still a lot right, of challenges. Uh, but Lily, do you guys have uh, a lot of conventions planned for this year? Some uh, appearances, hopefully getting back out there. Yeah, we do. Well, you know, we've got WonderCon on the docket, and all of this stuff. You know, it's we're still kind of like I think it's happening. Right. Yeah. You know, you just don't know until you're actually like, okay, we're going to go there. Yeah. So we got WonderCon. We got, San, you know, San Diego Comic-Con is supposedly going to happen uh, this summer. Mm-hmm. So that's on, we're on that list. Uh, and then we're back around to LA Comic-Con at the end of, uh, you know, back in the, I guess maybe they're going to do it in December now. I'm not sure, you know, the dates of these things have all gotten changed, you know, yeah. with since yeah. we're in the uh, end times or whatever now. <laughs> um but yeah, that's, you know, we're kind of, we're keeping it local still as we kind of ramp back up. It's, you know, the last two years have been, they've been, they've been somewhat effective, but without shows, shows are a huge part of our income, a huge mm-hmm. part of what drives the economic engine that keeps us moving forward in general. So we're really just trying to, we're still trying to kind of crank the engine back up again. Uh, and shows really help us do that. Cause we also, you know, we did tons of like library visits. We did, you know, we oh, yeah. were constantly interacting because a huge part of what we are doing here, as we've been discussing is about building this community and about encouraging others to, to know that they can do this, that you don't have to wait for someone to give you permission to go out in this world and make your art or speak your truth or sing your song or write your poem. You don't need, you don't need someone to tell you, you can, you just need to do it. And it does help to find support. Like, you know, like we did here, you know, you, Mm -hmm. you can't be expected to do these things alone, find your people and go say your thing, go do your thing. 
it's important. And so that's a huge part of what we do. And when we lost that, we didn't lose it. But when it got more difficult to, to find those connections with people, you know, you kind of feel like, well, I guess we're just going to have to we're kind of in hibernation and we're going to do right. a lot of work on our own selves and maybe take advantage of this moment to kind of retool or what have you. You know, it has been mm-hmm. seven years and it's you know, we're going to keep on keeping on. It's good to go ahead and say, well, maybe we need you know, maybe it's time to streamline this or maybe it's time to try a yeah. new way to do that. Um, and that's exciting. But ultimately, it comes back to when can we get back to, to being with the people? And luckily we, we teach this class at Otis school of art and design um, called comic book heroes. So we do, we have a new set of students every semester, you know, 20 some odd kids who come in there and we partner with um, it gets better, the organization. And we create stories to help inspire LGBTQIA youth in this world to say, Hey, you're not alone. There are a bunch of us out here and you know, there we, we create these uplifting stories that they can um, hopefully find some sort of um, inspiration and solace in. And so we at least we, you know, we still we've had that, which is nice because it kind of keeps that. That's a huge part of what's going on here right. is yeah. empowering others to know that they, they have a voice and they can use it. So the more we can do of that, the better the whole the better everything is, you know, because that's kind of like the virtuous cycle that we are out here interested in, you know, creating mm-hmm. it stoking yeah well and it's it's interesting you bring that up because it's such a backbone of of the story of eleanor and her crew and hex 11 but like we were talking about at the beginning lisa uh, of bringing in some of these themes when you first were developing it and it being kind of unconscious i feel like it's there in hex 11 but it's the unconscious part and and it's the part that like we were saying with how how the hex 11 community does share so many similar values because mm-hmm. we do know yeah. how important it is to be a force for good, to include everybody. And if there's any message that is unconscious in the comic, in the, in the background, in, in kind of the seams of it, in the stitching, it's the fact that everybody should be treated fairly. Everybody should be treated well, and everybody mm-hmm. should be included. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, just, it's, it's so important. So uh, again, ladies, it was fantastic having you. Uh, let's go around. Uh, if anybody has anything, any last thoughts they want to share with the listeners, and then we'll tell everybody once again where they can find you. So we'll start with you, Lisa. Um, uh, well, I thank you very much for having us back. It was great to visit and chat. I love the questions you ask about Hex 11 every time we talk about it. Um, so yeah, thanks for like having us on and letting us like explore our own creation like this. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, what about you, Lindley? Any last thoughts? Um, yeah, I think it's, I'm echoing Lisa, like it's always great to have a platform to talk about what we do and to share with others um, so they can come to it themselves or, you know, come find inspiration through it. Uh, it's important. And um, we appreciate this community that you are a part of and that you continue to help us build. Thank you for being such a fan yourself and also um, a bit of a proselytizer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll wear that proudly. <laughs> yes, we, we appreciate that tremendously. So thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, and Kelly, Sue. Um, everything that Lisa and Lindley have said, for sure. Um, the only thought I had as we were finishing up our conversation is this I, this uh, sort of chat about challenges and who you are when things don't go your way. Um, and 
we got a chance in these last two years to see what our team was made of facing these challenges um, and getting to experience that and feel those feel that strong foundation was really a gift and is going to set us up to create more hex 11 for years to come. So um, bless your challenges and let them show you who you are. And then also buy our book. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. So uh, at hex comics and that's H E X C O M I X on Twitter. Is it the same on Instagram? Uh, it is the hex comics the on instagram comics. um and, and we have a patreon and we have oh. a patreon hex yeah it's hex comics hex comics h-e-x c-o-m-i-x will get you everything you need everything to you need yes, exactly. <laughs> fantastic well i encourage everybody to go and follow i'll put links to the instagram and the twitter and the patreon in the show notes also don't forget about the giveaway so just send me a picture of your receipt that you bought volume one uh, and that you're following Hex Comics on Twitter. And the first three people that respond will get uh, a free copy of issue 15. You'll just have to DM me your address. It'll be signed too. Yes, It'll signed. be signed by the team. Lucky, lucky, lucky. Mm-hmm. And one other thing that I will remind everybody, I, I, will, I have made the pledge and I stand by it. Uh, as always, uh, I will be at WonderCon. I will be at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. If you are ever at a show and I am there, and the Hex Girls are there. Come and find me. I will take you over to, to meet them, and I will buy you a volume one. So I stand I stand by that. Wow. I've always said that. It's oh, an incredible so book, great. and it needs to be shared. So, ladies, thank Is you Is there so a much. greater endorsement? I don't <laughs> think so. We're yeah, just I mean, almost my, eight years with this promise, yeah, Jace. <laughs> I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I know. Is that that thank you, we appreciate it Amazing. so much, Jace. Yeah, we really do. It's always to, a joy. Yeah, being able to re- reread it all just reminded me, you know, recently because I, I ordered my 15. I'm like, I'm going to reread all 14 and then I'm going to read 15. It just reminded me of how great the book is. So thank you all oh, for thank what you. you do. Thank you. Uh, and for the community of uh, Hex 11. And uh, to you listeners, we thank you for supporting and listening. As always, don't forget to go and follow uh, Hex uh, Comics. And we appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye, y'all. Bye. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time.